0: The official Jets podcast is presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport, but together at WinBet. Eric Allen here with Jets assistant GM, Rex Hogan. What's it like right now as far as the point of time here? The roster, your initial 53 is set. You're getting the practice squad finalized. And, oh, by the way, in the distance, not too far away now, Jets, Bills, Monday Night Football, September 11th.
1: Yeah, it's exciting because how we've built the 53, obviously, and we're able to retain some of the guys who we had on the the roster previously, and then we've also gone out and got a handful of guys to add to the practice squad that we got from other clubs, and the pro department, pro staff, uh, all those guys did an unbelievable job to to get those guys and to evaluate the number, how the market's flooded with, with all the free agents who hit it cut down, so I uh, had a, a long night and worked through it, and uh, identified the guys that we wanted to get, and uh, we were able to get them after the claims went in.
0: How would you describe how far the roster has come since Joe Douglas was hired as GM in June of 2019, and shortly thereafter he brought you back to Florin Park?
1: Yeah, just the the turnover alone. I don't I don't know the exact numbers. I wish I did off the top of my head, but it's it's <laughs> unreal how we we've gone from. I think maybe a handful of guys who were on the initial roster in 2019 to now what we have. So it's been quite a work in progress, and we're still going to build.
0: Now, the big fish for you guys this off season was acquiring Aaron Rodgers. Joe just talked to the media here downstairs, and he said at the start of the off season, I would have thought this was very unrealistic. But with each passing day, it became more realistic. From your view, what was it like? As you watch the process unfold, and you're a central character in right. this.
1: Yeah, it was it was wild because you know you you think about having the, the opportunity to be able to go and get one of the the best quarterbacks in the history of the game, and you know just seeing it unfold in, in each step and how there became a little more clarity with it each time. Like this is realistic. we we've got a chance with this, and you know the the anticipation builds and. Until that moment when he went on the McAfee show and then, then uh, you know, word was spread around the world, so to speak, and it was, it was wild. And then not only that, once you know, he decided to come play for us, but having to work through the process with the Packers of the trade. So once that was done, it was, it was really a cool moment. I mean, not only for us and player personnel, but obviously for the organization and the fan base.
0: Watching him every day here out in camp. What were your takeaways? Because fans were able to see glimpses of that on One Jet Drive, of course, and Hard Knocks as well. But for a guy who's here in the building, what stands out to you about Rogers?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think they get a they're getting a glimpse now uh, of who Aaron is and how he is on a day to day basis within within the building, and the impact that he makes not only on on the team but in the locker room and in the building. Like you you mentioned, he, it's really cool because he has a certain level and standard that he and accountability that just with him entering the building there's this instant credibility obviously with his talent and his experience and his production and now everybody else not only on the team but in the building has to rise to that and and reach those standards and it's a constant drive and constant improvement is is what we feel with that growth mindset throughout the team
0: can you talk about his intelligence his football intelligence his overall intelligence but also the fact that he has an aura of relatability to him where he can go downstairs and talk to somebody in the locker room who's a rookie or in his second year and connect, but he also can come upstairs and talk to you or Joe and connect.
1: Yeah, he's done that um, not only offensive side of the ball, but defensive side of the ball. I think we saw it throughout the spring in OTAs. How he would take sauce out to to dinner, or go to a basketball game, or go to a hockey game with some other guys on the other side of the ball. Maybe take C.J. out to dinner and talk about, you know, the impact that both of them have as captains on offense and defense. And like you're saying, his relatability is incredible, and it's just the subtle, subtle conversations that he has. He'll pull a guy to the side and you know talk about the details of a route or a formation and the impact they have within that play. Um, and not only that, it's how he interacts with everybody else in the building. Like, like you said, he'll, he'll come upstairs and, and make his way down the hallway just to introduce himself to everybody else within player personnel. And he just has an instant relatability, like you've said.
0: Joe said five or six times each day, he'll do something that's amazing. Would you echo those sentiments?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, whether it's a pass, a communication, something he sees, whether or not it's a run check. To, to get us into a good run. Um, just what he've see, he's seen off the defensive formation, just the little tendencies and the things that he does in the two minute drill and the small things and, and how he'll he'll bring the other QBs in and communicate it right before he goes in the huddle. But the, his ability and understanding of the big picture is is super impressive.
0: Did you see progress from Zach Wilson here throughout the summer as far as his preseason play? You see him at practice every day, but getting those game reps. And you know, you guys for the staff are hoping you don't see too much of Zach this right. year. But obviously, you know, from afar, it looked like he was a different person in terms of a confidence level.
1: Yeah, you can you can see it in his in his body language, how he commands the huddle and communicates, how he's watching Aaron's subtle details of of how he addresses the huddle and commands the huddle. And then when they break, and the things he sees, Zach just has this more confidence in his in what he's seeing, how he's running things, and you see it how it's it translates onto the field. With you know he he's quieted his feet in the pocket, he's playing with a more efficient understanding of the of the position, and the effectiveness has been much better.
0: What do you think about the offensive line now heading into the season? You get Dwayne Brown back off of pup, and I think a lot of people, rightfully so. Didn't know what to expect right. from Mackay, and he came out, transformed his body, and he continues to elevate his game.
1: Yeah, Mackay's done a tremendous job. Uh, you know, physically, you can see the change. Uh, how he how he's handled himself, how he continues to get better every day, how the the selflessness of you know he wanted to be a left tackle, and with Dwayne coming back. He did it for the good of the team and, and moved to the right and has been extremely effective moving over to the right. And it's kind of given us that they've solidified as a group now with it because there were a lot of moving parts throughout not only OTAs right. uh, with the injuries, with Dwayne being out. Uh, McKay returning, and then we we're moving a lot of parts between you know Max Mitchell and Billy Turner at the tackle positions. We we're flipping those guys consistently, and then also the addition of Carter Warren. Uh, and then you know Carter being injured is going to be out for a little bit, but uh, can't wait to get him back and have him in the rotation as well. But offensive line as a whole, man, they they've really come together and gelled um, between you know Lake and McGovern. Uh, AVT, uh, the addition of Joe Tippman and Wes Schweitzer, so that whole group that that's made up the 53 uh, offensive line group is is going to be gelled and keep coming together.
0: You excited to see what Dwayne can do with two arms because last year <laughs> he gutted it out with one arm, Yeah. and then he got the surgery in the off season. And for people who aren't here every day, dude's a workout warrior
1: yeah no doubt I wasn't the word you know it gets thrown around a little bit uh, in terms of warrior uh, and and how those offensive linemen play but what he did last year was incredible uh, with the playing through the injury and then not only since the season's been over the surgery that he's had and his recovery and how hard he's worked to get back and I mean he's as strong as ever and he is a true pro in every sense
0: Tipman, can you talk about his development really quickly because Joe, uh, Robert, excuse me, said pleasant surprise when he got those game reps and he started to come on at the center position. Then you guys had some injuries you were dealing with on the interior. But that was something that you also talked about when you drafted him is that we see position flexibility Mm -hmm. in Joe. So can you talk about what he did at center during camp and came on, but also getting those valuable reps at guard?
1: Yeah, I think it's just the typical – rookie transition it's tough especially when you're going to center and having to make the calls with the potential hall of fame quarterback behind you so again those standards that you have to meet for him and what Aaron sees and so tip when he was thrown as he worked his way up and was thrown into the mix with the ones um, as you know starting center getting reps with the ones he showed each step of the way whether it it was with the threes at, at center twos at center or twos at guard and then they even put him in at left guard and right guard right. Uh, to deal with some injuries so he showed position versatility you know obviously we we were impressed with his size his strength his athleticism and his football intelligence and instincts and those are all kind of coming together now and helping him make that transition and step so I'm sure he's going to continue to push Connor McGovern for the starting spot. What about the wide
0: receiver group? Um, I think a lot of people, maybe on the outside, slightly surprised yeah. that Xavier Gibson's on the roster, not only him, but Jason Brownlee and then Irv
1: Charles as well. Right. So, yeah, we went uh, with seven guys at the receiver position, and obviously all all those guys earned it. And, you know, you try and do – who are guys who are 53 quality player in the level of roster ability, and each one of those guys proved it. And they're each different in their own right. Um, you know, talking about X first, he's a slot receiver who's got great speed, quickness, ability after the catch, and in addition to the return value, he's going to be our starting punt returner and compete for the kick return spot. And then what Jason Brownlee has shown from the one hand catch in OTAs mm-hmm. to his leaping ability, his body control, his route ability in his hands, and, and how he's a different athlete than X and a different size. And then you have Irv with his combination of height, weight, and speed, and, and power. He's built more like a power forward compared to those other two guys. But Irv's re- made a, a serious jump in, in special teams and has really leaped to the forefront as a our wide, one of our best special teams players on the roster and probably our best um, special teams player as a receiver to earn that yeah spot.
0: Robert said that Herb Charles special teams wolf so we'll, <laughs> wolf yeah. we'll, we'll be watching I like he, it we'll be watching him here early in the fall
1: um does Garrett Wilson have a ceiling uh, he, I, don't, I don't want to talk about a ceiling for it because I I think it's everybody can see where he can go with this play and as he continues to develop that rapport with Aaron and that relationship with Aaron it, it showed on in the game against the Giants man with just a couple you know a couple drives but you know the catch and the way Aaron gave him the look and the release and the timing of the route and the accuracy of the throw and how quick Aaron or uh, Garrett's hands were to the ball the receiver didn't even see I mean the defender didn't even see it how quickly it happened crazy so, yeah uh, that's why I
0: mean I'm on the record of saying that 1500 is is <laughs> is, is not the ceiling this year but Potentially, you could see that kind of season from him as far as yardage is concerned. Other side of the ball, Jermaine Johnson. Yeah. What kind of steps did he take throughout the offseason?
1: Yeah, the, what he added to his body, you know, 12 pounds of muscle and how he's up in the high 260s now, and it's shown. You know, he he'd always played with an edge last year. Now he's developed more power more Arsenal in terms of his his pass rush repertoire, and it, it's all coming together for him. How he's playing on first and second down in the run game, with violence and capturing the edge and setting the edge, not only setting it but defeating and, and playing you know behind the line of scrimmage, and what he, he's shown as a pass rusher. You know the guy's going to have a tremendous year. We feel great about him. How what he did in the off to improve, and he's going to continue to impress us.
0: Is this the deepest defensive line you've ever been part of?
1: Yes, absolutely. When, you know, in Chicago, when we had the Super Bowl run with the defense, it was either number one or number two. Uh, we had some standouts, but nowhere near the depth of this group.
0: Getting Quinton done before camp, how big was that? And can you talk about his mindset? Because everybody in the building says that, hey, he got the bag now. But he, he, this is just, he just wants to accelerate everything as far as he wants to take it to another level.
1: Yeah, the cool thing I think it shows the locker room is that you know homegrown talent, so to speak. Guys, mm-hmm. we draft, guys we develop, and and then guys get rewarded for it. Uh, not only as a person, but as a player, what Q brings, and I don't, I haven't seen a change at all in Q. He, he's the same guy. Like he he knows what he wants. He wants to be one of the best, if not the best, at his position, and he works like that and lives his life like that, and it, it continues to show for us. I could ask you about each
0: of those guys up front. Yeah. We don't have enough time to do right. that. I mean, Bryce Hoff had a great summer. Will McDonald, I mean, yeah. he is showing his pass rush uh, skill set, his moves, more than just a speed guy. Mm-hmm. We know that, but John Franklin Myers, I think he kind of goes under the radar yeah. a little bit. How valuable of a player is he, and what can he do in the system?
1: Yeah, JFM is like a traditional base end for us, but he's a bigger base end being a 295 pound guy who can instantly kick inside as a a nickel three, as a rusher. And when we go in, in those nickel rush situations, we can move him in, add one of those edge guys that you just talked about. And so he gives us a lot of position flex as being the base defensive end or kicking inside as a nickel, or essentially anywhere along the front with his skill set and athleticism, not not only him but you have Michael Clemens, who's another guy who worked his ass off to get to 200 and close to 290 pounds, and he's different too because he's another power forward build with super long you know wingspan and and length and power, and so each one of those guys brings a different type of body type and rush. So you can't, as an offensive tackle, you can't just, oh, okay, I got to prepare just for this type of rush because they're coming in waves, and each guy's different. Uh, speaking of different body type, how
0: about Al Woods yeah. coming in here, 36 years old? You're gonna have this is a little bit unconventional for Sala. They even mentioned yeah. that that hey, we haven't had this kind of guy in our system. And then Quentin Jefferson is a guy who's coming off a career-high sack season last year longer player, and he's gonna be able to give you guys more pass rush on the inside as well.
1: Yeah, exactly, and you know, Quentin has the versatility to play both in interior spots as a two technique or a three technique. He's shown that in Seattle in the previous defenses he's been in, but he's an active rusher who's another different variety, kind of like Solomon, maybe a traditional undersized for the, for the position, but he's got a, a skill set in terms of his quickness and his ability to win on the edge against blockers. And then matched when you bring Al in, whether it's first and second down or if Al's in the game on third down, because of his power to push, right. he's such a huge man with you know giant, look like catcher catcher's mitts for hands. Um, the guy's so strong and powerful, and it's hard to move that guy on the interior. And so he's going to eat up blocks, and, and not only eat up blocks, he's going to win and make plays inside.
0: Mosley's a rock. Um, Quincy has really developed, since you yeah. guys claimed him, off of waivers from Jacksonville. but. What about those other three guys? You got Zaire Barnes, Jamie Sherwood mm-hmm. with his opportunity this year, and then how about Chaz Surratt making this roster?
1: Yeah, just starting with Sherwood, uh, Wood has made a tremendous jump um, from last couple of years. You know, he suffered the Achilles injury. Coming off of it last year, he, he made strides and then spent every day of the offseason here and dedicated himself to becoming – a starting level NFL backer, and the guy's done it. He's done it in the, the off season. He's done it during the training camp and preseason games. He's proven it. Super proud of him on, on what he's done. And then Chas Surratt, you know has continued to show NFL linebacker ability. You know, there, there's a reason why he was a third round pick. For the Minnesota Vikings out of North Carolina, because of his his speed and his athleticism yeah. and tackling, and you know, he was a former quarterback from from North Carolina and started some games and made a transition. So probably a little bit later in his career, but he's shown he's worthy. And then then Zaire uh, has had a typical you know rookie transition, had some ups and some downs, and we're going to continue to keep working with him, obviously, and proud of the steps and strides he's made, but all three of those guys still have upside, That Rudy's done a great job, and Brick's done a great job, and Salah Roberts done a great job with developing those guys as linebackers and identifying guys that are fits for our defense.
0: You can make an argument that you guys have the best cornerback group in the National Football League, yeah. of course, that's led by Sauce Gardner, and DJ Reed, Michael Carter the second, yeah. such a valuable piece back there. But let me ask you about, what do you think about the safety combination, how Tony Adams, took advantage of his op here. And also, yeah. uh, we saw a little bit in the summer where you guys were exploring with some big nickel
1: with Adrian Amos. Right. Yeah. You know, first of all, T.O. and Marquand, what they've done to develop each one of those groups has been tremendous. Uh, you know, the attention to detail, always proverbial dangling the carrot for these guys and, and having them work and grow each day. And, and both of them are great teachers of the game. And you see these guys absorb it. Uh, but along the lines of just the corners, like, talk about JFM being kind of under the, yeah. the radar type guy. I think MC2 kind of falls in that category because he's playing at a very high level and matching what Sauce and DJ are doing. Mm. So really proud of that group. And then we've got depth out at the outside corner spots and guys who are pushing them as well and have made some some real growth with it. But transition to the safeties man what what Tony Adams has done from an undrafted free agent it's a testimony to you know total buy-in and you were talking about him in
0: this chair last year yeah we're excited yeah
1: we're excited about I mean because you get the guy after the draft with that type of talent and speed and athleticism and love for the game and desire to improve and he has taken advantage of every opportunity he's been given and risen to the challenge cuz Adrian you know came in late but adapted quickly to the defense and you know hated losing Chuck Clark with the injury but the addition of Adrian has really stabilized the back end for us and it, it's given us some flexibility. And like you're talking about, e, when, when we go big nickel, Adrian's really comfortable down there. He's a bigger body type who can almost play like a linebacker. So with him and Jordan and, and then Ashton, who's really coming on and as a special teams leader and continuing to grow at safety. We've seen it in, in, uh, in training camp in the preseason. So feel really good about that, the back end of the group. No waiver claims. What, yeah. what, does,
0: what does that say about the depth in-house?
1: Yeah, I think it means that, uh, you know, we've kind of solidified the roster and we're con- going to continue to grow. And and uh, we've we really looked at the best possibility of, of who can we upgrade. And we're always going to look to upgrade. But, you know, we didn't didn't really see it for the claims. Uh, felt really good about the guys we had. Knew we had an opportunity to go get some guys to, to stabilize for the practice squad who can challenge. And so going out and, and adding those guys Feel really good about it, but hated losing two more guys uh, through the waiver yeah. wire and claim. with you know, with Tristan, and um, losing Tristan, and then uh, you know Bam Knight going to, uh, Detroit. to Detroit with his selection uh, for practice squad. But you know, Claude Chairless did a really good job for us as well. So moving on to Car- he's moving on to Carolina with the claim.
0: What about the potential to running back position? We saw Brees Hall excel in those first seven games last year, and then you guys come back yeah. and you add Dalvin Cook to the group Michael Carter Robert said it in the spring and I think MC has really followed up with this summer where Robert said I think he's going to get back to that level that we started seeing at the end of his rookie year and I think Michael had a really great camp but can you talk about the potential with those guys not only running the football but Aaron's going to have the ability to hit these guys in the passing game. You guys can exploit a lot of mismatches with those dudes on linebackers.
1: Yeah, you know, the top three backs who who you've talked about with Brees and Dalvin and MC, you know, first of all, MC, you know, carrying the load throughout OTAs and and training camp while those guys were coming back or waiting to sign Dalvin. Um, MC did an incredible job of – you know providing the leadership for the rest of because we had a young room at that point mm-hmm. with, without you know with Brees being out and Dalvin being out and m c took that by the the reins and was really good within the room on the field made, made gross return to the guy that, that we had seen in his rookie year, so really proud of him, but you know like you said, he, all three of those guys, in addition to izzy um, the top three guys can all run, block, and catch, which which you really look for. Izzy is making the strides in the, you know, again, i hate to use the typical rookie transition, but but coming from the college game where you're not asked to pass pro as right. much or maybe not ca- catch the ball as much on third down, um, he has really made growth with that, and he's obviously talented with the ball in his hands as a runner, and with his speed and breakaway ability. So,
0: how impressive is Cook? because you know about his production but just yeah. the way he goes about his business he's another guy who loves ball and yeah. who seems like he's going to fit in seamlessly here
1: yeah he's got a real presence to him you know obviously you talk about Aaron but but Dalvin has you know the the vet factor the the production the credibility the respect you know not only from us but from around the league you know what type of playmaker he was for Minnesota and he's yeah you know, Older guy in the prime of his career, so to speak, and like he's done a really good job. Just watching him interact and and give some some subtle communication to Brees or Michael or Izzy or even the other guys bef- before we moved on from them with the cutdowns. It's been great to see him interact with them.
0: How cool is the mix between your veteran leaders and also the young guys who are coming into a culture that continues to be, I guess. I don't want to say created because it's already started. I mean, it's well underway, but it seems like you guys get the roster exactly where you would want it at this point of the season.
1: yeah, it it's really been been cool because you talk about some of those vets that we've added with not only Aaron but you know Billy Turner and within the, the offensive line room coming from outside and another vet presence and Wes Schweitzer, another vet presence. Then each one of the rooms has now like Randall Cobb, Randall's come in right. and taken, taken a lot of guys under his wing, you know, specifically with Xavier um, being in the slot and he can and teach him some details of it and what, you know, his experience that Xavier can lean on. And then then you have Dalvin and, you know, defense aside, we've, we've done the same thing. So every room there's a, a vet leader who has kind of taken over and, help the other guy because we got young guys who lead too. Right. And so the, you know the blend of, of the vet leadership and the and the youth and the youth movement across the the roster has been cool to watch those guys what do you think about the expectations? You go
0: about yeah. your business and you're out there in the, in the street and people are stopping you. I mean, it, it feels a little bit differently heading to 2023 yeah. than it has in the past couple of years.
1: Yeah, you know, you hear, you hear the outside noise, so to speak. But what I think we've continued to focus on is what are our weekly expectations? Let's focus on that. Let's focus on who's our upcoming opponent don't talk about down the line you know all that's in in the distance and if we handle everything in a weekly expectation and that opponent then everything else will take care of itself what do you think about
0: that week one opponent they've won the last three afc's division crowns when you saw the schedule yeah and you saw last game of opening
1: weekend jets bills what did you think yeah first and foremost it's going to be an electric environment i mean i think our fan base they're they're incredible and not only just being at home on 9-11 that's going to amp it up even more uh, because of that but the fact that it's buffalo that we're opening up with and and how we've had some really good battles in the last couple years and how we split last year i think it's going to be a, a wild wild scene and i know with that our fans are going to be hyped, the team's going to be hyped for it, and it, it's going to be a fun game to watch.
0: Yeah, it is going to be a fun one to watch. It's always fun catching up with you. Thanks yeah. for coming by the it studio should. here, and uh, we wish you good luck as you start the season there. Let's go Jets.